We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast, presented as always by FanDuel. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. It is Thursday, January 4th, uh, our first podcast of the new year, James. Um, I know you actually hosted a New Year's party uh, here in Madison, uh, which I was unable to attend. Uh, I haven't really asked you much about it, um, you know, other, other than just a brief synopsis, but. How did everything go? How was your New Year's? Do you have any resolutions, etc.? Uh, no resolutions. Okay. You other don't, you than didn't strike the, me as a big resolutions. Guy. I just kind of want everything to sort of stay about the same. <laughs> uh, same amount of working out. Same amount of drinking, eating, right. all that stuff. Had a good. Like had I'm, a good twenty. Pretty pretty happy with it. Where, where everything's at. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it was it was a good solid house party. I. I'm kind of partial to house parties on New Year's Eve rather sure. than going to the bars just because I, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of waiting for a drink at a bar. It's not, not one of the things not that many I'm people are. not really into that. Mm-hmm. And that's typically kind of comes with the territory on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, also just, you know, it's cheaper. It happened to be ridiculously cold outside that night. So now... All that said, we did go to a bar around one in the morning after we'd all kind of had enough of the house party stuff. But blue, Vel- blue velvet? That's a long way from your place. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it was a it was a fun time. Uh, you were, uh, man. I wish on a scale of one to ten, I would say you were missed. Maybe like a three or four. Three or four. Okay, yeah. that's. Two or three numbers higher than I would yeah. have, would have yeah. guessed. Um, but I was actually, I went out in Milwaukee, went to a bar. I, well, I should say part of the reason why it's a three or a four is there were a couple single girls at the party who were kind of annoyed by my single male friends that were at the party. Like they were annoyed with the selection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, not saying that. You guys would have hit it off, but it might have 
might have looked better for me if uh, there had been more single guys at the party because it was, wow, it was a lot of... You should have said something, man. There's a lot of couples. Could I, yeah, I mean, I, that makes me kind of sound like you're hiring me to just come to your party. <laughs> just, I just need the the ratios and yeah. the diversity of single versus right. non-single to be uh, a bit more... No, that's totally fair. I mean, I think that's you know that's nice that your your female friends were honest with you and, and, and critiquing they, you. They weren't impressed. <laughs> Can't imagine <laughs> they, that they were. They took a lay of the land and they yeah. were like, well, why'd we come? Uh, I actually did go to a bar <laughs> in Milwaukee. It, it was, uh, I don't live in Milwaukee, believe it or not. So it was not really my choice where we went. It was fun, but we went to the bar super early, which is fine. But on New Year's, that might not necessarily be the best decision because everyone's kind of in that mindset where you're not really worried about being all that responsible. And, you know, we get to the bar at like eight forty-five, which again, way too early. And, you know, cut to three hours later, some of our friends are missing. Other friends have gone who knows where without telling anybody. Girls are crying because other girls are being mean to them. And that whole scene unfolded, which is basically how the last like eight new years of my life have been. So I don't know, maybe my, my 2018 resolution will be to like have a more structured new year's or go to your house next <laughs> New Year's. Uh, well, it's, I don't think it's going to be a back to back thing. We just kind of stepped up because it didn't seem like anyone else was going to step <laughs> up. So just a one and done. All right. Fair enough. You did mention that it's been extremely cold here and you know, we're not a, a weather podcast by any means, but it's been the high during the day here over the last, what, like nine days has been five degrees, somewhere between maybe five to eight degrees. Um, I've had to stop and fill up the air on my on my tire. I don't like to brag about this, but as you know, I drive a 2007 Buick Lucerne. Um, and the one, one thing that's not really high end about it is the tires leak air like crazy. So mm. pretty much everywhere I've driven the last week, I've had to tack another like five minutes on so I can stop at the gas station near our office to reinflate my tires that, really? that just deflate it just, every it's single a, day. It's a necessary part of your day. More or less, yeah. That's... I mean, I didn't get home until seven last night because I went to two different gas stations because one of the air pumps mm. was frozen. That's that's no good. No, it is not good at all. <laughs> um, okay, last thing before we actually talk NBA, it's Wild Card Weekend. Everyone knows you're the biggest football fan in the office. You and if I'm, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you've watched a Super Bowl since like 1998. <laughs> but I, I haven't. I've I've not watched the last two Super Bowls. And that's a lot of Super Bowls to miss. The only playoff games I've watched in the past two years have been Packers playoff games. And I will not be watching any playoff games this year, nor could I tell you who's playing <laughs> in those playoff games. Come on. I was going to ask you for your, your quick like picks for Wild Card Weekend. You well, don't even you know who's in the games? <laughs> if you tell me who's playing, I'll make some picks. <laughs> I'm not cutting this out. Okay. Oh, All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Jesus. Um, okay. So Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Titans at Chiefs. Give me the give me the Chiefs. Give me the home. Give me the home team. Okay. All right. I like uh, <laughs> that's a very definitive answer. I like that. Falcons at Rams. Give me the Falcons. The Falcons. Been there. Done it. Okay. That's right. They <laughs> they certainly have been there. Uh, Panthers Saints is a late game on Sunday. Give me the Saints. Okay. Like the like the way that no, you don't, no, is. I don't I don't want to hear any analysis. Okay. I just want All the picks. Right. People just want the picks. All right. yep. uh, and then the big the marquee game of the weekend, the one that they lined up in the the prime time slot on Sunday at noon. That's mm-hmm. uh, ten a.m. West Coast. Right. Bills at Jaguars. Oh, okay. Um, give me the Jags. Okay. Bills so made the playoffs. Here. The Bills really? did make the okay. playoffs. Cool. Things really fell into place yeah. for for America's this isn't, team. This isn't my NFL. No, well, it's not. It's really not anybody's NFL (laughs) when the Jags and the Bills are in the playoffs. Um, But things really fell into place for for America's team. The Jags lost to the Titans in Week 17, which allowed the Titans to get into the playoffs. And it looked like they were going to play each other again, which would be a third time. And the Jags have already gotten beaten twice by the Titans. But the Bills were able to sneak in uh, because the Bengals beat the Ravens. Is your goal to have had every single listener to this podcast drop off before we get to the nba talk yeah yeah and i think i think i've probably accomplished to whittle down the litter listenership <laughs> i can't the jays are in the playoffs for the first time in All what right. eight years i need to i need personally i need to talk about this okay okay let's talk uh we'll start with Cavs celtics 
uh, one of the primetime games last night on ESPN. Uh, this you never really know how the Cavs are going to come out in games like this. Uh, this has been going on really for the bulk, it seems like, of LeBron's career, where these big regular season games, it seems like they either go all out and play really well. I'm thinking of around this time last year, they played in Washington when the Wizards were on a nice run. I think they had had some comments about how they thought they were a nice matchup for the Cavs. And you're like, I don't know. The Cavs know who they are at this point, but they went all out. You know, I think LeBron hit a couple of crazy shots. He had like a 30 foot bank shot at the end of regulation. They end up winning that game. But then you have nights like last night where they fell behind early and it was basically an eight to 12 point game for most of the first half. Cavs or the Celtics I should say extended that lead to you know 12 to 15 for most of the second half and the Cavs really never were never close uh, at any point and a big reason for that was they got virtually no production whatsoever from their bench outside of Kyle Korver he hit four straight threes in the second quarter that without any of those this game might have been over even earlier Uh, but Dwayne Wade was terrible Jeff Green was terrible Channing Frye played six minutes, missed all three of his shots. Jay Crowder and Kevin Love were both terrible, uh, although Love hurt his ankle and I think was sick coming into this game. But uh, I just want to take this opportunity to once again say how disappointed I am in Jay Crowder, who was 2 of 12 from the field last night, 0 of 6 from 3. Five of those six looks I was actually counting as I was watching were very open. And he... I don't know what it is with him. It, get, it honestly looked last night like, like he was hurt. He was getting into the lane and just getting no elevation whatsoever. He was getting blocked. He was getting bullied, frankly, by by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two guys who basically replaced him. Um, and this goes back to something we talked about a while back, where there are those reports at you know at the I guess beginning of the season that the Cavaliers, when when this Kyrie Irving trade was orchestrated. They had no interest in Jalen Brown from from what, what's been reported, at least. Jalen Brown never came up. They didn't really want Jalen Brown. We don't know if the Celtics would have been willing to deal him. But, I mean, did, did the, has Jay Crowder's utility as, like, this really, really, really good role player just kind of run out? Is it, was it the system in Boston? Like, I, I don't really understand how he's been this bad for 90% of the season. Uh, I think a lot of it was the system in Boston. I also think it was you know he he kind of had that two year two or three year run where he was shooting better than you would have expected and he was really in his defensive prime whereas now he's no longer in that defensive prime and he's you know part of getting a guy like Crowder going in terms of being efficient from the floor is the offensive system he's in and it just doesn't seem like he's been comfortable at all in Cleveland just based on the way they're using him yeah i mean i think it, it seems you know from a distance that they're using him in similar ways it's not like boston was running things for him or through him by any means last year it was he just seemed to convert you know more of those open looks and he seems to be getting for the most part the same looks but three-point percentage is down you know eight percentage points he's shooting less than 40 percent from the field which you know for a guy who plays a lot of the four is is pretty terrible and you know i mean he's looking a lot like kind of early career jay crowder when he was still basically this borderline d-leaguer who we really didn't know who he was so um i don't know long term i don't i don't think a game like this really means much for the Cavs. i think we know better than to than to really put too much stock into this but uh what did you take away from isaiah being back on tuesday i didn't watch any of that game live you know they were they were hosting Portland on Tuesday, but the numbers look good. You saw the highlights. I mean, Isaiah looked better than I thought he would, I guess, considering the layoff. Well, I didn't really expect him to come back when he was, you know, limited to the point where he would look right. awful. So it's, it definitely makes sense that he, he looked okay in that game. Uh, I mean, he's going to be huge for them. They're, I just I don't know I I know that we're going to end up talking about the Cavs a lot over the next couple of months just based on uh, your ties to that team but um, I mean they're just in their mid season they're just in that mid season thing where they just don't really care yeah. like that I mean their defensive rating is twenty second over the last fifteen games which by their standards is excellent yeah it's not bad um, I mean their offensive rating is still pretty pretty great it's sixth in the league over that span. And, you know, you're getting mediocre contributions from a, from a lot of guys on that team on that end. So, I mean, I think it's just 
a situation where it's foolish to read too much into this yeah. team. The, the one thing that is worth sort of tracking to me is just the different rotations they use because that's going to be, you know, if they want to go to the finals again, they're going to have to use certain players and not use certain other players in certain matchups. So it's like, how willing are they to uh, go with those, those sets and, and just kind of integrating a guy like Isaiah. I think that'll be Mm -hmm. interesting to to pay attention to, but just it's hard to get too worked up over them getting blown out in Boston when it seems like most of the players were either just hung over or not trying that hard. Yeah. Well, I think that is a good point because you have a lot of names on this team. A lot of guys, you know, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Shumpert, when he's healthy, you make a lot of money and with Crowder in on this team with Dwayne Wade on this team with even Jeff Green, who's playing 20, 25 minutes a night. And then when Isaiah comes back, like there's going to be nights we've already seen it kind of with Tristan Thompson, who's playing a you know, vastly reduced role, I mean, who are they throwing out there for the majority of a game against the Celtics in the East Finals or even the Warriors in the Finals? I mean, you got to go, obviously, LeBron, Love, probably Isaiah, Wade, and Crowder. I mean, is that your five? Oh, man. Um, and obviously, you're not playing that just, five for 48 it's minutes. Just, so. It's not... It's, it's, I mean, we, we talked about this in the preseason. It's going to be tough for them to put together a five that yeah, I mean. doesn't have either extreme defensive weaknesses or extreme offensive weaknesses. Uh, you know, got like there's been times when Corvers looked like one of their three or four most valuable players when he's on. Uh, there's been times when a guy like Jeff Green's looked somehow solid. Jose and, Calderon. I mean, it's J.R. Smith is, is kind of a. I mean, who 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 on this team can reasonably even semi attempt to slow down Kyrie? I thought they actually did a really good job on Kyrie last night. He was five of fourteen, only had eleven points. Um, and I mean, the big difference makers were Marcus Smart and Rozier going seven for twelve from three on not the cleanest looks, and Daniel Tice or Thies or however you pronounce that going two of two. Like those were kind of the big difference maker. Like Kyrie was not all that good. I thought the, the Cavs kept trapping him high and he wasn't getting like usually Kyrie kind of likes to go one way you know absorb the trap pick up the ball and then kind of find the open man obviously the guy who's trapping and I thought the Cavs did a good job off ball rotating Kyrie had a couple turnovers in those situations but they're going to figure that out and if you're talking one-on-one defense in the fourth quarter I don't know who that is I mean you, you can't really put Robert LeBron on Calderon him. maybe I mean that was that's what it was for a lot of last <laughs> night and that and then the, after, like after the midway through the first quarter they they kind of scrapped that I mean it's like Dwayne Dwayne Wade was a good defender. He's not a good defender anymore. We know what Isaiah is on D. Like JR has really fallen off on that end. I, I think I would I would take complete advantage of the Celtics' lack of uh, offensive post pres- presence and go with just the LeBron and four shooters mm-hmm. look and just kind of you know whatever happens on defense happens. I mean Love's gonna suck. Corver's uh, yeah. gonna suck. Uh, I mean, Isaiah, they're going to be Thomas is going to. I mean, it's they're going to be. Content. They're going to have some bad defenders out there, of but course. I think that like I would still take LeBron and four shooters against any team in the East in a playoff series. In mm. like, if you're tied sure. going into the like five final minutes of a game, I'll still take that team over whatever whatever the Celtics or Raptors right. bring to the table. If it's tied with five minutes left in the playoff game, I would take the Cavs. If it's tied with five minutes left in a regular season game, no way in hell I would pick the Cavs. Like, it's <laughs> night and day how that, how that seems to work. Right. Is there a bigger gap between Cleveland and Boston or between Golden State and a healthy Houston? Because uh, we all agree Houston's better than Cleveland, right? Yeah um that's a good question i like how you found a way to make a rockets warriors question semi-interesting yeah uh that's what i do james i'll say there's a bigger gap between cleveland and boston just because i don't think despite what we saw last night i don't think the way boston started the season after the hayward injury is indicative of the team they Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not indicative at all of, how, of the team they've been over the past like three weeks, but I don't think it's. I think the team they are is more kind of a 45, 46 win team 
over the regular season, and that's even just them sort of overachieving in the regular season because of right. coaching. And like once you get to the playoffs, that's more of like a forty-two, forty-three win team to me. Like I would, I would probably take uh, the Raptors and the Wizards to beat the Celtics in a playoff series right now. Which Toronto might, is has not gotten a lot of love from us at all. They're this pod, but yeah, they're, they're really good. They're super good. All of a sudden. Would, would that would your answer before we move on to Toronto? Would your answer change if if the Celtics had Hayward? Like let's say they're yeah. playing about oh, yeah. as well, but you have Hayward. Yeah, Just no, like, I think I think Hayward would be absolutely yeah. huge a huge piece for them in the postseason. I, right. I think that they've been able to kind of mask it a little bit so far in the regular season, but mm-hmm. the you know the drop off from like Kyrie and Horford to their next best player that I would trust in a postseason series is just gigantic versus where if you could go with those three big big guns it'd be different something that to me is not being talked about quite enough and part of that maybe is because there's only like five and a half games separating the worst team atlanta from the 11th worst team utah and obviously it's even more stacked up in the middle there but there's a pretty good chance right now and if the lottery you know were to happen tomorrow that boston uh, or philly depending on what happens with the lakers pick is going to end up adding another blue chip piece from this draft that we've you know we've talked quite a bit about on this podcast mm-hmm. like it's well within the realm of possibility that boston could go to the east finals lose in six or seven games come back get hayward back and also add deandre ayton or mo bamba or michael porter or luka Doncic to this court yeah i don't really want that to happen uh why not I just don't I don't really have any desire for the Celtics to be good. Um look, well, is, I'll, is it I'll more about that. that or is it more like you don't want too many guys who could be stars on their own all on the same team? I would just I'd prefer I don't know I don't know exactly what the, the perfect situation for some of those guys would be, but um you know it it's on the one hand it's not terrible because you know they're gonna get developed properly, but I I think I'd rather have a guy like Doncic's usage rate be quite a bit higher his rookie season than it would be if he was with the Celtics. I would, you know, a guy like Aiton, a guy like Bamba, there's going to be growing pains that they might not be necessarily allowed to fully play through if they're mm-hmm. if they're on a team like the Celtics. And it's just, uh, I mean, they have enough they have enough nice pieces. I'd I'd like them to kind of end up with a pick and kind of the six to 12 yeah. range and just well i think they only get it if it's two through five this year right all oh, right without, yeah, without yeah. looking up the protections i think that's how it is um, um there's i mean there's going to be teams i don't know I'd, I'd rather see some of those studs go to right uh now i don't want to reward teams that do everything yeah, yeah. really poorly uh you know i don't want the grizzlies to get yeah i was gonna say sacramento yeah, orlando sacramento. Yeah, I mean, are you? Is there any worry to you that Doncic goes to Orlando or Sacramento and he's the next Sazonia? <laughs> is there any or is he worry? too good? <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be it'd be worrisome just because I'd feel bad for him. But yeah. uh, you know, at least if he went to Orlando, there'd be no state income tax. Huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I I wouldn't hate it if he went to Orlando. I think there's he'd really bring the best out of all those guys who have kind of been wasting their potential this right. whole time. He might finally salvage his they own go from like a 20 win team to like a 60 win yeah. team yeah it would be one of Just those like type of jumps yep yep the other scenario is that philly if that lakers pick lands at one philly gets it would you feel the same way about one of those big prospects going to philly too many young guys uh I'm trying to think which prospect would be a fun fit in philly. yeah but, well let's, let's play that game so let's assume they go into next year and beads fairly healthy simmons is healthy fultz is at least partially back i mean porter'd be a fun fit on that team uh i mean honestly any of them would really because i mean the, all, even the big guys can shoot it yeah i don't know i don't i don't want Embiid to have to share any of the court with with Aiton or bamba because i think that just kind of limits how effective true all of them can be uh i mean Doncic would be Doncic needs the ball there. though and simmons needs the ball true and yeah i think i mean i think porter would be and they already have fultz who needs the ball right. so like i think adding Doncic to that mix would just i mean it would kind of be like that that durant westbrook Harden yeah type well of the thing. simmons the fact that simmons is such a unique player in that he needs the ball and is very good with the ball but can't shoot does kind of throw a little bit of a wrench into this whole thing 
It's like they don't really have any needs. Like what? I think a perfect guy, like a perfect guy to end up with in Philly would be like McCall Bridges, and yeah. then you could just get that. I mean, they just need three <laughs> you and D need, shooters. You almost don't want another good player. They just need yeah. three and D shooters, and they need Embiid to stay really healthy, and that's and they need Fultz to get back to where he was as a shooter, and then they're yeah. all set. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. If Fultz be, if Fultz is back to where that we team's think he'll be. upside, like with a healthy Embiid and three shooters plus mm-hmm. Simmons is just you know it's best team in the east right well and so and what I said to Alex the other day is like I mean so much of the luster has worn off uh Fultz and partially just because of how weirdly the Sixers have handled this but the expectation you know, like what Jason Tatum is doing what Donovan Mitchell is doing like it wouldn't really have shocked anyone if if Fultz was putting up that type of season maybe not numbers wise just because the opportunities won't be there with with Embiid and Simmons but that's the type of prospect you know that mm. this guy could still very well be you know I, I don't think we're at the point where you're just like well hopefully he just becomes an average NBA player like no like it's still very 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 much on the table that he could be a multi-time all-star and and now it's he's kind of become this weird like charity case well I don't think anyone should be as worried about him as anyone should have been about like MB right. the year he was a rookie based on that. I mean, the health issues with him were so much more scarier yeah. than anything going on with Fultz. And now we look at Embiid yep. as a guy that if he can just stay healthy, he could go down as like one exactly. of the all-time great big men. So I think people would be right. foolish to sleep on Fultz as a, as a long-term ass. Right. If you rewind like three years and like could like gauge your worriedness level that Embiid would never be back to that level, it's mm-hmm. like four times what, we, what you think about with Fultz. Like this right. is like, this is like right. a, what appears to be a pretty minor in the grand scheme of things, shoulder injury. Right as opposed to back injuries, knee injuries, foot injuries. Yeah, I, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, basketball is back. We should probably stop saying it like that because it's been back for a while. But uh, I want to tell you about FanDuel. It's fantasy basketball for everyday fans with new contests starting every single day, which means no busted seasons. FanDuel has something for everyone. So I hope you're listening. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. All you have to do is pick a contest, select your player's, and watch your score in real time. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, you can sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. That will get you a free six-month RotoWire subscription. With your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit fanduel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. So does that does that six month RotoWire subscription include a baseball mag, or is that only the baseball special subscription? Uh, I think it only includes the baseball. I think it's only with the baseball subscription. Okay. But I mean, if you really want a baseball mag and you sign up for that six monther, I would imagine you could talk your way into it over the phone. I think so. I would <laughs> bet that that could happen. Uh, so the baseball mag, your deadline is Monday for that, right? Uh, I believe that's what DVR told me earlier. Something like that, yeah. And the cover boy this year is? Jose Altuve. I know you don't feel great about that. Uh, as someone who doesn't contribute to our baseball coverage whatsoever, I don't feel good about that either. <laughs> who would have been your, your, like, who else was in the running? If it was up to you, who's on the cover? Uh, realistically, I think Francisco Lindor would have been a pretty cool pick. Uh, for me, uh ronald acuna is like the best prospect we've had since mike trout and bryce harper and i i'm a prospect guy so i think it would have been kind of a cool and like powerful move to just put him on there and just say look this guy hasn't played in a big league game yet but he's getting the cover uh i think that would be kind of a cool move but well and i think the people if you're buying a fantasy basketball magazine you know who ronald acuna is right it's not like people would be like who the hell is this guy yeah and you know i mean jose altuve is a sweet player but I don't know. He's. I think you could probably get a more exciting player on there, but he's like the Isaiah Thomas of baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's better than Isaiah Thomas. Quite he a bit. He belongs on the cover of Sports Illustrated for kids, not on the Rotowire <laughs> sure, baseball sure, mag. Sure. I mean he's he's really really good. Like I don't want to say that yep. he's not good, but it's just you know I'm I'm kind of drawn to more um, athletic and like players that I can't possibly imagine what it's like to to have their physical tools i think right. that those, those i think you and i we could do it we could do what uh, is doing. anyone could go out there and <laughs> do it out too that was 350 <laughs> um yeah i mean i would actually like a little more input on this you, you want to be involved i well, I, I, I talked to dvr about maybe like a throwback tribute cover <laughs> like you need to put a jacket over these things like mm-hmm. like like a hustler magazine oh, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a double uh, cover absolutely 
Um, um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I'm not even involved. So okay. I think that if we got you involved, I think that, yeah, would... I, I think maybe, I mean, how long has it been since Manny retired? Kind of maybe like a five year <laughs> anniversary <laughs> tribute cover, yeah. a Willie Bo Pena tribute cover, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Houston real quickly. We won't, won't spend too much time on this. At least that's the plan. We'll see. Um, but Harden is going to be out at least two weeks. It, they, I think it was Woj or maybe it was the Chronicle earlier this week said it could be as much as six weeks but it does sound like it's going to be somewhere in the middle of those two timelines um but what you said to me before we started recording is one this means lebron's going to win the mvp and two this means golden state's going to finish with the best record in the west and if harden misses two or three weeks like is that all it's going to take for those things to come true well i think the the golden state one might have happened without him getting hurt at all yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, Before he got hurt, they had lost five straight games. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think the Golden State one's going out on a limb at all. I think that's almost a lock at this point right. and probably would have been close to a lock uh, had they had they, had Harden not gotten hurt. Uh, the LeBron one is great for me on a personal level because I have a $20 bet with a friend. Ooh, big bucks. Yeah, and so... LeBron winning would would get me twenty dollars, which I'm always open to, and uh, so yeah, I, I think that he's got to be the favorite right now. Even with Cleveland doing their kind of midseason swoon, you know, they're they're last year we had like five or six just amazing candidates for MVP, and LeBron was among those, but he didn't really garner any serious consideration because of how good guys like Westbrook and, and Harden season were, but with Kawhi missing time, with Curry missing time, with Harden missing time, with the Bucks probably not getting enough wins for Giannis. Uh, it's, you know, it's LeBron and then probably further down Durant. And then, you know, I would even say Giannis is probably third almost by default just because he hasn't missed any games. And he's, mm-hmm. I mean, that team is just, it's, it's Giannis away from being uh, a pretty bad team and, I think Jason Kidd is Jason Kidd is probably partly responsible for the fact that Giannis isn't at least neck and neck with with LeBron for front runner in that category. But Mm -hmm. I think LeBron's just he's had such an amazing season, even by his own lofty standards. And I think yeah, like you said, like you take LeBron off that team, they're they might have like a bottom five record in the entire league. I think that's very much in play. Yeah, I mean, LeBron got one first place vote last year. His numbers are better. Westbrook, it feels. I mean, Westbrook's numbers are going to end up being like pretty close and he, like he has he has almost again. zero chance though, yeah. right? Because he well, would have had to <laughs> like they would they would a have to have won more games than they did last year because I think expectations were higher right. for them this year than they were yes. last year, and he would have had to have. They would have to one more games, and he would have to come close to matching last year's numbers. Yep. And so, if he falls short of his numbers, they're they're definitely not going to win. His when people by the time I mean the voting took place in what April May, right? And, and it, then the awards banquet, which the NBA I don't know if they're doing that again or not, but the awards banquet was like after the finals, right. and by that point. Like people, I think a lot of people that voted for Westbrook, even after watching the playoffs, like didn't feel as good about it. Right, because like, it he just weird. he did exactly what all the people who were saying he shouldn't win MVP were saying about him. Like, yeah, I mean, he exactly. just kind of proved exactly proved the point of right. everyone who didn't vote for him. And you have that happen like certain years where the voting would be completely different if it happened after the finals. I don't right. think it should happen after the finals because it's either. a regular season award, but like that carries on into the next year. I like, think they people... should have announced it before the playoffs. That was, it was weird that they let that much time pass. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know why they do it. Like it's just strictly just trying to control the news cycle oh, for yeah, of course. further into the season. But yeah, I mean, you're right in a perfect world. You would just announce mm-hmm. it at the end of the season. All right, so to wrap this up real quickly, when we, I looked this up on, on Tuesday with Alex. The fewest games played by an MVP um, non-lockout since uh, Bill Walton. He, he has like the non-lockout record. He played 58 games and won the MVP in the late 70s. Since then, the fewest games played by, a, by an MVP in a full season, 71, Allen Iverson. So that's kind of the – you kind of have to get to 70, 71 games as the minimum if we're going to go by precedent. Right, if, if there's like – bad candidates 
But like yeah. last year, like LeBron was basically disqualified because he missed what like ten games. And I don't think he was going to get it anyway. But yeah, but like if he'd played, if he'd played like eighty games last year, he's finished his top three in the voting mm-hmm. probably. Ka- Kawhi, some people didn't vote for Kawhi just because he missed games on healthy scratches. Yeah, and like he he was at like sixty six or sixty or um no, I don't think it was that little. But yeah, I mean like. In a in a good year with like how loaded the top players are right, right now, I think you got to get to like seventy four, seventy five. So if Harden plays like seventy two and LeBron plays seventy nine, that'll be the difference. LeBron's played every game so far. Yeah, I think as long as as long as LeBron gets to like seventy five, seventy six, I think it's mm-hmm. his award to lose. And then Durant, what's Durant going to get to? Like seventy? He'll three seventy four. Depends. Um, depends if he like, wants. It. I could see like if if Harden plays like four or five fewer games than Duran, I could see him winning it. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the margin has to be fairly right. close. And there is something, I mean, it sounds kind of trivial to be debating the difference between three or four games, but I mean, being able to, and this is kind of what's been an argument in favor of LeBron for so long, and even Durant to some extent, you know, he had the foot injury. Harden's missed two games over the last three years, but, you know, I mean, being available and healthy is... Well, I wouldn't say it's a skill, but it's certainly an asset when it comes to stuff like this. Do you? So, I get why Harden is so desperate to win an MVP. He's got money involved in it, right? And just he's very prideful of that type. Like he he considers himself the best player in the league and like wants something to kind of validate that. Uh, but I just don't think it's like you would never have. Like Greg Popovich, no matter how badly Kawhi Leonard wanted to win the MVP, would never be playing him 38, 40 minutes a game when they are just cruising to a top three seed. And so it's it's almost to me kind of uh, justice in a way that like they were so clearly like D'Antoni and Harden together were so clearly you know they wanted to win games this season, but Harden getting an MVP was a big part of the calculus and how much how many minutes he was playing and then he gets hurt and it just it, to me it's i'd rather a guy winning it's it's so hard to do nowadays because it, it seems like especially with what westbrook did last year that teams are almost putting the mvp when they know they're not going to win the title they're putting the mvp for their best player ahead of anything else that season uh, but i prefer it when a guy just like plays his normal amount sits when it makes sense when he's got mm-hmm. like a, a banged up knee or whatever and just at the end of the year, the, the chips stack up and he's the MVP. I prefer it to kind of happen organically like that than have it be kind of a, a yeah. effort by the team and the coach and the player to get themselves that MVP. Yeah, that is kind of odd to me. Like in, in a perfect world, everyone would just play their normal game and we would just be able to right. choose from that. But it seems like, especially lately, that has not been the case. All right, let's pause just a sec. We had a new read this week, James. We know how frustrating it can be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by sharks and pro players did you know that 91 percent of the money in these contests is won by one percent of the players well now finally we found a new dfs game where you actually have a chance to win with DraftEasy.com's rapid fire game all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points get four of the five picks right and you triple your money it's that easy with draft easy no salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE and get a free shot at $50. Check this. For ROTOWIRE users, get at least one pick right and score $20 for free. And for January, DraftEasy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip up to $100. Go now, DraftEasy.com, fantasy sports made easy. Do you have any college guys that you watched over the weekend? Do you want to hit on? I mean, Bagley, Aiton, Bamba, and Trey Young were all incredible. Yeah, uh, I Your mean, face what, says what's, you might not have watched a lot of college not, basketball. What's not, to, what's not to love about what those guys? <laughs> yeah, did. I mean, Bagley went for thirty twenty. Aiton, I saw Aiton went pretty crazy. He's as well. insane. Bamba is averaging like seven blocks a game over his last few games. Trey I did, Young, I did watch a decent amount of the. So Bamba. Um, we probably haven't talked as much about him as we have like Aiton and, and Bagley and yeah. Doncic so far. Uh, Bamba is just, it's so kind of comical how easy these blocks are for him. And they're, 
it's and it makes it looks the shots all look terrible because of how easy it is for him to block them. But the players are just right. They're not used to that being like an automatic he block. You know, has at least four blocks in all but one game this year, which is insane. Basically, unless you can get by him, if you try to shoot yeah. in his vicinity in inside the circle, it's getting blocked. So like, uh, like you know, like there's there's certain players when we play like pickup basketball where it's just especially in a small gym where it's sort of stupid to like try to pass where they are because it, right. it might get stolen uh with bomba it's just stupid to try to shoot where he is unless i mean if he's the guy man-to-man on you and you haven't generated significant separation just pass it because it, it's getting blocked he had a couple blocks against kansas where I mean, there was one where he actually looked pretty good. He switched out onto a guard. And that, that actually, this might, yeah, this might have actually been the Alabama game. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he switched out onto a guard, and you could tell the guard kind of sized him up, you know, crossed him over a couple times. I'm not going to say Bomba stuck with him, you know, mm-hmm. step for step, but he was he stayed in front of him. And I think for a split second, uh, whoever this guard and this poor guard was <laughs> thought he had a look. And Bomba, I mean, like. Bamba didn't really leave his feet. He just kind of stuck his hand up and just gently like slapped the ball and, to the floor. It wasn't even a block. It and was I've, more of just a, sh- a shove. Well, and I've been loving, you know, he he's not just trying to like send the ball 20 no. rows into the stands. Like he's trying to keep it in play, trying to get it like bat it. Because when, yep. when blocks are that easy, you should be trying to direct yeah. it to a teammate. You when, know, and, he, and he's had a couple of those where you know on like a floater type of shot he'll just grab it out of the air and go and, the, and everybody including texas players are looking around like wait was that not a goaltend and then you watch the replay and it's like no of course it's not a goaltend but when you're not used to seeing someone just mm-hmm. jump out of the air catch the ball and start a fast break and he's so how much of that like did how long into his nba career is he the league leader in blocks per game i mean second season He's probably the league leader in per 36 blocks sure. next year. Right. Uh, after that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, second, third year. I mean, we sh- he's not going to come in and just be this dominant, of course. I think he's probably the type of player who's going to rack up a lot of fouls in a lot of right. games. Right, and, and he's going to – his offensive game is going to limit his minutes to, you know, mid-20s yeah. into his second, maybe even into his third I mean, year. right now he's basically a lob finisher who will do catch and shoot from three and from the mid-range. He but, really doesn't have much of a right. post game. I mean, like, by, when he gets to, like, how many years into into it is, like, Clint Capella? Like, four or five, something three like that? Three or four, right? Yeah. He's pretty young. Like, when, when Bamba's at that point in his, like, NBA development, I think he's going to be finishing top two, top three on defensive player of the year. Yes. Even like he could finish top three defensive player of the year playing like 28 minutes a game. Right. His half court defense. I mean, he, he could be very easily a Gobert type, but you watch Gobert run. He looks like like what you imagine a foreign center or, uh, you know, seven foot two center mm-hmm. running like Mo Bamba runs like he's six, eight and dunks like he's six, eight. And he doesn't have that kind of dexterity when he dribbles mm-hmm. or when, you know, he's not going to hit you with a step back pull up or anything like that. But him running the floor you watch him dunk like he he has that kind of lebron side tomahawk dunk that like big guys just don't move like that normally you, so like gobert's gobert's interesting just because like when gobert gets switched onto a guard out on the perimeter he's toast usually right uh do you think Bamba's going to be kind of like average by big man standards in terms of switching or is he going to be like Tristan Thompson level good in terms of I don't of think he'll be quite that good. I think he's just like he's just flat out too big to be that mm-hmm. good, but he's he'll be much better than Gobert. And he has he's probably got an extra like 6 inches in wingspan over a guy like Thompson. So and he, all the times that we've seen Tristan Thompson try to block from behind and miss right, or like foul, the, like Bamba's getting those. The recovery block. Yeah. Like that's where that length becomes right. super dangerous when you get those switches because like sure like say curry or harden or whoever gets by him he's still long enough where mm-hmm. he's gonna have the the from behind block yep. and um do you so i know was it was it mike schmitz who said he's a top three prospect for him at this point i think so yeah at these la- the last week or so i think bamba has really caught people's attention with the way he's played against bama kansas well, who, and iowa state who of so of Bamba, Aiton, Bagley, Doncic, who do you think is most likely to fall out of the top three? Out of those four? Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. If you're putting Bamba in the top three, who are you knocking down? That's, probably, that's, that's what I, like when I saw to that. To me, probably Aiton. 
and okay. it's not really fair, but right. I think he just like, when I saw that it's like, um, well then who's not in right. the top three? Because like what like Aiton and Bagley have done like about as well as you could possibly have expected them to. Right. So to say that like all of a sudden like one of those guys, and I know like uh, you're not going to see anyone put, and I think honestly this the jumbled up of those three kind of helps Doncic because. Yes. He's the only one who runs an offense, like, like shoots. Like, guard, like, I mean, yeah. yeah, so it makes him kind of the, the scarce asset at the top with yeah. those three. Well, and then you look below and you, you have more forwards, you know, <coughs> Miles Bridges, McCall Bridges, um, Robert Williams, Michael Porter. You know, Doncic really is the only true elite, elite guard prospect in the strap. And, you know, you and I both like Trey Young a ton and we both like Colin Sexton, but I, think I don't want to be, are, I don't want to be put in a box where i love i like trey young a ton i want not like him a ton okay here's your chance to set the record straight i just don't i don't i don't know i'm 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 agnostic on trey young right now as a what is what more does trey young who's averaging (laughs) 29 points 11 assists and just came off another huge game well okay i like if if by really like you mean i think he should go in the lottery is that what do you mean by really like? Because I think he should I go. Just in the like lottery. his game. I'm a fan of Trey Young, the college basketball player. Okay, I'm not saying he should be going ahead of any of the guys we just talked about. I'm just I, he's the most fun player to watch in a while. And we've had a lot of fun players. Like Malik Monk was really fun last year. Trey Young's more fun than him. You know, like last year, Josh Jackson was my favorite. He's player had to at watch. least 26 and 10 in his last five games. Yeah. Josh, Jack- Josh Jackson was fun to watch. I feel bad for him. He was the DMP the other night. <laughs> poor, poor Josh Jackson. Yeah, I mean. Someone save Josh Jackson. <laughs> I just, the Sun, I mean, do we have to start including the Suns when we talk about teams like Orlando and Sacramento who just kill oh, like where you would just goes? where you would just hate for right. one of your favorite prospects? I mean, honestly, without Devin Booker, like they killed Dragon Bender already. Marquise Chris is terrible. <laughs> Tyler Ulis <laughs> is bad again. Tyler Ulis is bad again. Um yeah, I don't know. They I mean, drafted one of the Morrises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want. I mean, well, that like they're they have like one of the low key worst ownership situations yes. in pro sports. So I think it'd be... they've done a very good job of masking that because like if you follow the NBA, everyone knows you know in NBA circles that the Suns are like one of the two or three worst ownership groups. But like if you you know when you if you ask a casual sports fan, no one even knows who owns the Suns. Right. right. There hasn't there haven't been any like I don't know tapes of the guy you using right, racial slurs right, or right. anything like that to, for for an nba owner to emerge on that kind of like dan snyder jerry jones level of right. like you really bad, gotta, like you Donald really Sterling, you have to James just really Dolan. dial it up yeah yeah i mean those guys have taken things to James Dolan. yeah like robert cyber needs to start like a terrible <laughs> rock band and, <laughs> and get into like fights with like yep. uh, dan marley like at a, at a he's got to bring his players up to play kazoo <laughs> on stage yeah yeah um Okay, we should probably hit on Terrence Ferguson real quickly. Did you catch any of him last night? I think I just did on the TV. Yeah, well, mm. did you see this? First of all, he played by far the best game of his career. Okay. Six threes, 24 points in 33 minutes. This game was a massive blowout, so he played basically the whole second half. But he also had a, one of the three best dunks, in my opinion, of the year. Huge windmill and another monster. Kind of, It reminded me a lot of the great... Flight White, who famously flopped in the dunk contest like five years ago, but remains one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I think we need to get Terrence Ferguson in the dunk contest is the point I'm trying to make. Right. Uh, that's totally fine by me. Uh, okay. Is Gian- Giannis is done with the dunk contest, I would imagine. I mean, because I, I think like... The, I would think so, but I don't know. Maybe I would, Giannis wouldn't probably has like the three best dunks of the year. Like, just like, it's, it's almost... Uh, Giannis dunks don't really count when I like think of like best dunks because it's just like he's good for one a week almost yeah. one every two weeks that's just crazy. See, I'm much I'm much more of a fast break no contest dunk type of <laughs> that's guy. That's why like, we're, that's why we guys both dunking love on other guys Gerald is cool, Green but one. I don't. That that's why the that Gerald Green one yeah. from all those right. what was it, like almost six or seven years ago was was so great. Yeah, I mean that was when they were still the New Jersey Nets. If yes. that's the one you're talking yes, about, that is multiple. yes. So who, I mean, I know you don't care about this, but you know, I care a lot about this. You care a lot who, about Who dunks. do you want in the dunk contest? Like ideally 
We're not saying like LeBron. Everybody wants him in, although at this point in his career, maybe not. Ferguson, and we could have predicted this a while back. We knew he was this kind of athlete. Giannis would be cool, and he's still young enough that maybe he would do it. I just don't. I don't see it. Um, when you advance, like, there's no precedent for a guy, a recent guy, as good as Giannis being in the dunk contest, like uh, a top Aaron five Gordon. player. Like so, it, John for, Wall won it not long ago. For me, like, yeah, I mean, he was not he was that not, good. Yeah, I guess um, when you top like, five, sure. Aaron Gordon to me is is definitely still at a level where he can participate in the dunk contest. I would actually be kind of surprised if he didn't. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, he's got a, that's kind of his legacy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like th- this could be his kind of, right. His, uh, his last hurrah in the dunk contest before well, he moves on before to he gets bigger and better things. Yeah. yeah. That would be great if he kind of addressed the crowd. Just said, this is look, this getting too good. <laughs> next year. I think I'm going to be too good. So <laughs> I know you've probably seen my numbers. I'm having a pretty nice year. Uh, I mean, I don't... Does, well, last year's winner is Hurt, Glenn Robinson. I don't know if he'll even be back at that point to defend so the crown. So you told me that he... So you saying that reminds me that I did not know until you just that said... Was, who last, last year was year. maybe the worst dunk contest ever. Um, not saying a lot. Like, is Kelly Oubre a good enough athlete to be in it? Maybe not. Certainly a good enough athlete. He's somebody that I, we've seen you know, throw down some nice in-game dunks. I think he'd probably surprise people with how... He would do something kind of... Uh, wavy to, wavy, to use his wavy. words yeah, wave, um like is he wave poppy something that... something with like like non nba attire sure. like you do it wearing some sort of like suit or something like that yeah like, kind of like a bruno mars yeah type of yeah, outfit. Yeah, yeah um lots of like jewelry or something like that. sure um could see I, will barton maybe making a run oh dj's favorite sure <laughs> <laughs> uh man I, I mean i'd like to see donovan like donovan mitchell, mitchell yeah. yeah um I, he to me is like one step below having that like crazy crazy bounce but he could he has enough to win a dunk contest i'm sure the sun's like d-league roster is loaded with potential contestants yeah um the coups the, <laughs> the coups uh i mean has, has i'm sure nance has done them before has he not or no <laughs> maybe I don't know. I'd, I'd be cool with Nance doing now, it. Nance would be a good one. I don't. For some reason, I'm, I want to say he hasn't, but maybe he did two years ago. Um, I feel like we're forgetting some obvious guys. I I really think they need to do some sort of Vince Carter tribute. tribute. I don't want him to be in the dunk contest, but he Where should. Like, everyone attempts to do the the famous yeah, Carter yeah, dunk. Or from he, that one. you know, and this is really corny. And I don't know if I would even actually like this in in practice, but. You know, have him, th- you know, the the equivalent of throwing out the first pitch, like have mm-hmm. him go out there and just put down a huge windmill because, mm-hmm. you know, chances are he's not going to be back next year. I think that would be a, a nice moment yeah. for him. Uh, well, like LA. Josh Jackson would be great yeah. in a dunk contest. Like he and he's bad enough <laughs> to be in it. Like, like uh, <laughs> he's got nothing like else a lot of the, a lot of the recent participants are like Josh Jackson level bad, you know, so. Like that would make some sense just to kind of get him right just to lift his spirits a little bit you know yeah that's i mean fair. he's probably a little depressed right now uh, i think so uh yeah it, i think that'd be a great way for him to just go out mm-hmm. and like get get some attention some positive attention okay all right well i don't have anything else do you have any any other items you want to hit on any anything to wrap up 2017 no no, no i'm good Okay, good. All right, well, we'll end it right there then. As always, we're sponsored by FanDuel. We're also sponsored by DraftEasy.com. Make sure you check out both of those. We'll be back next week. O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.